Salty Crew Radio. The ship's log with salty stories. We have the OG original article, Jared Lane, the founder, the owner, the janitor, the, you know what? Jared, I was actually thinking about that. You give me peace because you have done everything with Salty Crew from day one. So if anything goes wrong, you should be able to fix it. Can you <laughs> fix it? Fake it till you make it. <laughs> Salty Crew Radio presents Salty Stories, the ship's log. Stories about the hard workers, the searchers, the risk-taking, mistake-making watermen who have nothing to prove. About the seafaring, the wax-sharing, the grommets, young and old. About the tried and true, those who've paid their dues. And about those who choose to find refuge in the sea. So bring us, bring us to the, the inception here, Salty Crew. Well, on that, you know, I think the, I think the biggest thing is like, it's, it's the people, you know, they, it's not, you know, the word crew coming into salty and like how that works. And it's, um, I mean, honestly, the story for me is, is, um, it's not so, I mean, I I hate to use the term, but like organic is like kind of part of it because it's just like it was people coming together and there was a bunch of people when I look back in the last like six years there's just all these amazing people that came together and things just kept snowballing you know and so to take it back it was just like something that me and Hayden my brother were fumbling around with like ideas and concepts and we always loved the word salty and and uh and obviously the you know, surfing and when the surf's flat, then we're fishing or diving. And then when the, when it blows out, like you don't get off the water, you can, you know, jump on a catamaran and go ripping around. And so it's like, that's the, that's kind of the passion there. And then, you know, and then the surf industry and, and retail and these retail stores where you, you go in and you smell surf wax or you go to, you go into a tackle shop and you're pulling jigs off the wall, like, Oh, this one's gonna be a swimmer, or, you know, geek on stuff. So, and, and then just that retail environment and those people serving the community, like all this stuff is like our passion in our, in our life. So we just, you know, it's always a pipe dream. Like, Oh, you're going to start an apparel company, you know? And it's like, and I knew that that is, it's a long shot, you know? And, and it was, but it wasn't even about that. It was more just, we made some shirts and some hats that we thought were like cool. And there's like boats on them and fish on them and whatever. And then we just were giving them to friends and stuff. But this is where like, you know, this wasn't like a planned thing. There wasn't like financial backing behind it and and a business model or anything like that. It was just had a kind of a concept and a passion for a lifestyle. And then that's what spawns it in. So then you start taking people that, that feel the same way and you inject them. And this is where salt, you know, this, it was, it's salty crew takes shape is that, you know, and, and the, the history is kind of cool because a lot of these people along the way are like people that um, I respect it. I respect so much and, and have done so much for the businesses and lifestyles in surfing and fishing that we love, you know, so, and they've invested their whole lives into that and it's what we enjoy. So, you know, um, you know, right out of the gates, like, um, 
my father-in-law, Milo Myers, um, he's owned surf shops and brands before, and he's about as core as they come. Like as far as, um, he's got a surf shop with a bajillion surfboards and inventory and, and, uh, and he just, he, he loves everything about it. And so he looked at it and went like, Hey, there's something here. Um, and, and the timing's good. Do you want to like do this? And so I don't even know what that means, but it's like, yeah, sure. Let's do it. And, um, and so we started making some shirts and hats and then at the, you know, and this is kind of all going along the same time the bluefin showed up. And so I was hanging with like Dwayne and Greg and some of the boys down here and give them some shirts and hats and we're, um, you know, having fun fishing. Where, where are you, where are you working at this time? Are you married? Do you have kids? No kids yet. Um, actually, we might have just had our daughter. And then uh, and then I'm actually, we were upstairs in my dad's shop, Fastlane. Um, we called it the Crow's Nest. There's just like a little office upstairs. It's actually where I'm sitting right now. And it kind of looks out at the marina out the back. Um, and so... Uh, yeah, we were just playing around here, but then what, what it turned it, that, that was kind of the, the in, initial stage. And, um, and we were, you know, out like with GoPros filming fishing and we had some surf clips and we made some like initial little movies for the brand and stuff. And, and, um, my brother wrote some really cool narrative, which is kind of what like all the brand narrative is like works off of, but it was, um, actually so milo goes like all right let's do this thing and then that turned into um he, he um he lives kind of out east has a big property um and there's a tree house so we started in the tree house that was the office and then we got a shipping container next to the tree house and built racks in it and then started uh keeping all the product there and then it was like two shipping containers and then we rented like a one of those office pull trailers for construction sites and then put that next to there and and we're like I like kind of out in the dirt packing boxes and driving to the UPS store. Um, this is like the family doing this. My, my wife, her sisters, her mom and dad, me, my squad. And at that point we had uh, my daughter too. So it was kind of just this juggle thing. And then um, I think we did that for like a year and things had just snowballed. And, and at that time, part of the other side of the equation is our first sales reps, um, I was running around servicing the accounts and that's what I had done prior to doing this, like a, a sales rep in the surf world. And, uh, so I, I did that, but then it was just kind of too busy. I had to pack the boxes. So, um, we ended up hiring, uh, our first rep was Casey Curtis and Casey was just, um, like the first surf movies that we had, like Casey's in all those movies, just ripping. He's a Sanquimani shredder, just awesome human. Um, he wanted in really bad. So I like, I'm like, okay, you can do it. Um, I think maybe a week or two later, um, we get a, we had been sending boxes of stuff out to people in the industries that we were like, Hey, you're super salty. Thanks for all you do for, for everybody. Here's a little gift pack with a little note in it. And, uh, we'd sent one to Willie Morris and, uh, like icon surf, uh, guy, like with Quicksilver for 30 years, just amazing human. Um, he was actually, um, after he kind of parted ways with the surf industry, he went and worked on one of the albacore boats up in the, um, the Northwest doing the lift pole thing on the Pikey with JJ Garrison. And, uh, he had just got back from the most grueling six months he's ever had on like really hard work on a boat. And he wanted to do that for fun. And, uh, he walked up to a salty box on his, um, doorstep and then 
so he he called um milo and then they were talking about stuff and he wanted to be like our um la um and like kind of um central cal rep or whatever and i was just like blown away because casey and willie are like two of the icons of salt in this in our whole industry and just such amazing humans so i was just so um thankful to be in that mix um with those guys and then um you know from there so then uh i think i can't remember which i'm missing a big part and i think this came first but i was driving I don't remember where I think I was driving to boxes, the UPS store or something. And I get a like Florida phone number calling me and I'm like, the heck is this? And I'm like, hello. And hey, this is CJ. And I'm like, CJ who? And he's like, CJ Hobgood. And I'm like, Oh dude, what's up? Uh, goofy footer, favorite surfer as a kid. Um, and I'm like blown away. This guy's calling me. And, uh, I guess you, I'd we had sent you a box. A friend of a friend had your address and you were on tour without a sponsor for a while. I'm like, well, at least you just give him some clothes. Maybe I'll wear them. That would be really cool. And, uh, I think you watched, um, the first like brand little vibe video that Hayden made and you called and I, I remember you were just like, Hey man, I'm like watching this video. I'm like, what the heck is this thing even saying? I got chicken skin and, uh, I want in. And I was like, yeah, I want you in too. I don't know what that means or how that works, but let's do this. Um, you know, so those, you know, these people coming together and then, um, so now, I mean, I, like we're surrounded by good people. And I mean, that's like, I, that's all the success in the brand. And then right shortly after that, um, Tom Reese, our sales director, um, just gosh, that guy, him and Milo, I don't know anyone more core and devoted to surf shops and surf, uh, surf industry than these guys, like just absolutely live and breathe it. Can't and, and, uh, can't live without it and don't want to, you know, and, um, and they're awesome. So it's kind of like, you know, a lot of that, you know, the, just so many amazing people coming in, um, you know, to support there. And, and I think like the, the passion and authenticity of everybody in the company as it's grown, like the, I'm, I mean, are like one of our apparel designers, Brandon Hatfield, like the kid like grew up on the sport boats, ripping surfer, um, wanted to make like, wanted to make clothing. And he like grew into like, you know, and, and when, when we hired him, like he was doing internship before with some of the other brands and he's like, dude, I just, I don't care what it is. Just put me to work. And he's grown into just an awesome, um, rad dude. And I, I just, I love so much about how everyone just like they live and breathe this stuff because it's their, their, their lifestyle, their passion, their fun. And then, you know, obviously we're really blessed to be able to, um, you know, love what we do for work. And, um, I guess that's kind of the bulk of it. I mean, I could talk for, no, but when you, were, kind of stuff. when you were using the word like, Oh, I don't want to use the word organic, but like in order for something to work, it has to be, there has to be a moment in time where the elements come together and it, it, it grows. Right. And, um, and it was because Casey jumping into the mix and then Willie, I mean, those things were, were organic and you, um, and as you were telling those stories, I was thinking about that. I was also thinking about like the fact that like, you know, your brother, you guys shot this footage and, and, and Hayden, your bro put the, the first sort of 
movie together with the wording and and that spawned the sort of the the next chain of events and then i think about like how you know just even these the salty cure radio that we're doing right now it's like none of that's really changed i mean hayden's still putting words to things um and putting it out there and 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 um you know some of them take off and some some of them don't but it's um, those things are still happening, which is, uh, which is really cool. I, I, you know, I was just getting a bit of nostalgia as you were, were going over those stories that I thought was, uh, that was really, that yeah. was really, really cool. And then, and then maybe also, before we get off the topic too, I got to give a lot of credit to like the family. Cause there was, I mean, like I've got like, we have, a, we have some photos of it, but just the mental image of like my wife with one baby strapped on. And then the other one's like climbing in boxes in like the warehouse and like, you know, we're like running around like, Oh my gosh, we got, we got orders. They got to go. Just, you know, like it was this constant, you know, and then um, my father-in-law Milo like running like production and just, it was like, we couldn't make enough shirts and it was just crazy, you know, but just that um, like that family hustle, you know, on the whole thing was, it was brutal at times for sure. But like, such a rad experience you know like learning things from the ground up kind of like what you said earlier it's just like being able to touch like oh we got to build warehouse racks or like oh my gosh like now maybe we need a forklift like this is gnarly i don't well, know i gotta you know? build a, i gotta build a trade show booth oh I yeah, gotta, yeah totally i gotta yeah, or like the biggest one that like drove me nuts was like you know like when you like pack a box and you get like a usps or ups like shipping label and you gotta put it on there like we couldn't get the dang printers to like just spit out like automated things. So you're like folding like a piece of paper and taping it, you know, like it just little things like that. You don't think of just so funny. Well, uh, I mean, but. And I was going to ask a question that led into that, but I, I do remember going to Milo's house. You guys were in the trailer. You were designing images for the t-shirts then you would fly over, put a box together. And then, then when you moved up a little bit down the street and you actually had your own warehouse that was off your own property, I remember you guys like literally sewing on tags and stuff. And I was just like going like, I don't know, either this is really dumb that they're doing these things or this is just the process that has <laughs> to be done. Like it, it's, maybe it's somewhere in the middle, but then, and then as you mentioned, like, how many times did you feel in this process, Salty Cruz, seven years old now, that the ship was going to go down? Like, like, okay, here's, we're going in this direction and I see land or I see an iceberg or I see something that like, how many times did you feel like you were going to crash or that the ship was going to take on water? The last time. I just called it like we were getting speed wobbles. There's like so many speed. You're just like, oh gosh, like we could just fly off this thing and have the gnarliest road rash at like any point. But I don't know. I mean, I think it, it happened quick. And then you just, you have that, you just keep going. You know, you go to work every day and you just go. And like every day presents its own challenge. And like, it's more like the mental side of just like, not letting every little thing like bum you out, you know, like it's, and uh, 
you know, and, and uh, I mean, for us, like the awesome part too is like, um, you know, when we were getting the big speed wobbles and, and this isn't just us, like this is like every company as they grow, there's that point where you kind of, you, you know, like you're doing so well, there has to be something financially there to support it on the other side to, to finance the growth, I, you know, I guess. And, and so, you know, for us, it was like, uh, you know, awesome. Like you, you had a relationship with the Globe Footwear guys for 20 years of sponsorship while you're, um, you and your brother are doing the tour stuff. And we got to talking with those guys and they're, they're the geniuses operationally and, and on that end to getting product out the door and all the, the back end stuff. That's like, it's hard. It's really hard to, um, it's a hard thing to manage and do. And sometimes you can lose sight of like, you know, the forward facing stuff with, you know, product development and, you know, those things. So it was, that partnership we made with them was um, the lifeline that we needed. And those guys have been so awesome because I don't, there's not many, um, there's not many brands or people in our industry that have been doing it as long as they have and this stayed as true and core to as they have, you know, so that, that, that was like kind of the thing that gave us um, at least the, the operational support that, you know, they, they know how to put uh, UPS shipping labels on boxes um you know <laughs> but um i quickly remember talking about blessing in disguise is like i quickly remember like after globe took over we had we had a moment that happened that if we didn't have the globe guys we were gone and then and then what about what we just went through and what we're coming out of now like who like if we don't have those guys and that 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 expertise there that 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 um wherewithal that have been here for decades like we who knows <laughs> you know actually the, my whole tangent with that thing is uh it was funny so we we're in the the old warehouse where like we'd set up all those racks and i'd like rope buddies in to like help me do this stuff and we maxed the place out but when we were talking to those guys they wanted to come down and see the facility and like it was like, it's rough. It was rough. It worked. Like we, we figured it out, but it was, it was rough, you know? And so they came in, they saw like what you were saying, the patches that go on the hats, like where store them all and count them, you know, count them out and the whole process of like, and uh, it was cool though, because these guys, they did the same thing like 20, 30 years ago with the brands that they were starting and doing all that kind of stuff. So that was actually the thing that they went like, we love what these guys are doing. So you, you're, I was thinking the same thing as you like, is what we're doing like stupid or like, or is there something special here, you know? And, and um, so that it was cool to see like Matt Hill and Gary Valentine were like walking through a place where I just go like, I could imagine there's a way better way to do this stuff. This is just how it's come together. And they're walking through the place just going, this is so rad. Like this took us back 30 years to when we did the same thing. And uh, that was a comforting feeling, you know, just going like, oh, cool. Like these guys, they love, you know, it's the hustle. Like I think that's one thing that is lost in a lot of businesses these days or startups is like you're, you're crafting like an idea and people have gotten really smart and with computers and all the things you have available you can do things like pretty efficiently and, but there's something about when you're like, there's blood, sweat and tears into something and, and you're pouring everything. I mean, like the, my, my wife's family, my wife and my family, like we, we poured everything into it, you know? And so it's like, when you do that, um, 
I think the drive for success and that's the key. I mean, like there's no magic ball or formula or anything that can pull that stuff, you know, really pull that other than like hard work and dedication, you know? So, um, that's a good point because as you, as you scale things up there, you, 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 that, and you work off computers and all these things. And essentially that can take some of the grit out of it. But as you're saying, you have to have that grit. Like if you don't have that, you know, roll up your sleeve sort of mentality, making it happen day in and day out, you don't make it. And, and I noticed that. And then I also quickly remind myself talking about the balance is as you guys go into that um, and you, you know, you've been in that area and, and now you got guys like GV and Matt who do the same thing, you know, it's funny because I would call you up and ask you about the business. And I think we would talk about the business for maybe a minute or two. And we would quickly just go into like, okay, that grit is insane. But like, is that taking your family out now? Like, how are you doing as a dad? And how are you doing as a husband? Because you, you're, you're investing so much into that. And there's a cost for everything, right? You see winning or you know, uh, a Michael Jordan documentary or these things. I mean, there's a cost for it. And I, and I, if you want to riff on a little bit, I quickly, um, it reminds me of us talking about the speed wobbles, me just going, dude, are you okay? Like, are you all right? Like, I, I know what your phone looks like. I know what your emails look like. I know when your day starts and when it ends. And I know how you have to show up to your family. Like, dude, how are you doing it? <laughs> you gotta find a balance you know like it actually helped i like you know i've um you know i have my wife there like doing it with me was a challenge in some ways but also like really awesome in other ways to do it together and be like as committed to something and uh, for the same goals as she you know she was and she um i had her support like you wouldn't believe you know and i mean and she learned that from her parents and um you know, her mom, Julie, has been such a support to Milo and all his businesses, and, and they've done everything together. They work together every single day, you know, so it's like, um, you know, that side of it is, was, you know, a little bit, uh, I mean, that's just lucky to have a wonderful lady like that to, to support that, and then, um, but yeah, you know, and then even, like, the, the other thing, too, is, like, the kids being, you know, like, put the kids to work, you know, like, I grew up, I remember my dad, like, making me vacuum the shop for, like, a quarter or something, and, you know, we were, like, trying to stack quarters so we could go buy treble hooks and, like, some leader line to go fish opali off the dock out back, smashing mussels up and stuff, you know, so it's, like, it's kind of, a you know, all that whole balance and stuff, but, um, yeah, no, it's good. I mean, gosh, like, you don't, you know, this is the society is like a, it's just a workhorse these days, you know, so you just got to keep up and then make sure you got a good balance on things for sure. You know, um, what would still, a, still working on that. And that dude, that is a good point, right? Behind, behind, uh, um, you need a strong support system to do anything. And obviously that, that is starts with your partner. Um, no, I'm that's, um, yeah, no, but I mean, obviously like, you know, this last, these last few months were wild, um, you know, but uh, we're, we're stoked. Like we just kind of battened down the hatches and then, you know, we were in a really fortunate position that um, we brought, you know, everyone's got their jobs and we're just going to 
you know, just keep trucking along and, and, uh, it's been cool to see like in the, um, kind of post side of things, like, I think society people like in that time, like you had to like reset and really think about, you know, certain priorities and certain privileges and certain things that we have and like surfing and fishing and, and being outside and enjoying the ocean. Like, you know, when that's gone for a while, you know, you come out of it really hungry to get back out there, you know? And so, um, it's just like, uh, yeah, I don't know. I, um, things are going to change. That's for sure. Um, but, uh, that's finding refuge in the sea, that term, like kind of never meant so much. It's, it's, you know, a couple of times I got to get out, it just feels so good to be on the water and, you know, you kind of just disconnect from all the stuff around you and it's, um, it's a happy place for sure. <laughs> yeah, no, I think, I think that is, is a great point there. It, it is a revival. There is, a um, you know, a sort of an optimism of, you got to find margins, whether it's in your own life and where you were, you know, wasting time. And then the business was doing the same thing. And then the, the time that we're in now where people are just like, Hey, listen, there's these, all these injustices. There's these things that are done the wrong way. Let's strip them down. Let's strip them down and let's figure out ways how to do them the right way. And I think they were all a sort of catalyst for these revivals and i think we're really entering a cool time where people are just going okay now my energy is into like things that matter you know the things that matter most and and making them count you know and i think you try to put the lens on looking back 10 years what will we see and and, and as uncomfortable as 2020 feels the, the there will be the most good and i know that's not a word but there will be the most um, there will be a lot of good that comes from, from all of this. I think, I think there's a, we have enough understanding about that, uh, even though we can't really picture to visualize it, but I, I think we believe it that the whole country does. Yeah. Yeah. It's pretty crazy stuff. Yeah. You know, it was interesting, uh, listening to cause you had had, uh, Lucas and Lucas Dirksy and Matt Miola on, on the last couple, um, well, podcast recordings and um you know one thing that like just kept like really like sticking out to me that I just I look up to a ton and and would you know I guess um it's kind of something I always want to like point to in life but like working with your hands and and like doing things the hard way and like Hayden's always done a really cool job at like narrating that stuff in the Salty Crew movies but then getting to interview like the team, like you've been doing, and then just get to hear them just kind of dump all their stuff out there and listen to kind of what they're, what they're vibing on. And just, it's cool. Like Lucas, you know, gosh, like his story, you know, listen to the other episode is like, you know, parents that just, they did everything. They built, built things, grew things. They lived, uh, you know, just such a unique, you know, um, lifestyle that's not common any not common at all really um at least in southern california um i can't speak for everywhere but you know watching them to where like if something's broke broken you, you fix it you don't buy a new one you know mm -hmm. and then if if they need something or want something they're they build it you know and so the creativity that comes with that the hard work you know all those things and then watching lucas turn into 
you know, what he's become, like, I, I mean, you think he's 24 and like, I don't know how he obtained that much knowledge. Like he'll take a motor apart. He'll build a boat. He'll build a bait tank. He'll build a surfboard. He'll rip on a surfboard. Like, and, um, in a, in a really like humble way, you know, and he's like so committed. And then you got, you know, and I liked listening to Lucas talk about Matt Miola finding his own way in surfing and being so dedicated to a craft that it's like, it's not a competition thing. It's not a, you know, and then while he's doing that, he's so committed to fishing. Like he's a commercial fisherman in Hawaii. Like, you know, and, it, and he's, you know, during the um, quarantine COVID stuff, he was going out catching fish and he was donating the fish to these areas that were helping people that were struggling out, you know, and it just, you know, it's just that like, um, you know, living off like land and sea and just all that is just, it's crazy, you know, and I, I can see, I've already kind of like seen it in a just small occasions around me, but like the whole shutdown thing, actually like, you know, you're in your garage and now your lawnmower's broken or your, you know, guys can't come and do it and you got to clean up for your, you got to do it for yourself or whatever it is, you know, like you're, um, people are starting to fix things again and do, you know, like you, cause you had to, you know, and then that's, it, there's like, there's a lot there, you know, and I just think that, um, like that's one area, um, you know, that I've noticed, um, you know, uh, it, it's, uh, yeah, it's unique. You don't see it as much. And so it's been kind of fun well, to hear those guys' stories. I mean, the world didn't teach us that. I mean, the world taught us obviously to just go buy something else. It'll break after a year and you don't need to worry about anything on how it was made. Fast, or fast food, fast this, <laughs> prime now. <laughs> and, and um, yeah, no one tells you like, Hey, all those areas in your life that you've, you know, given over to hired hands, like take all those areas back, make time for your family and your kids and, and, and you be the master of your own domain, you know, don't allow everyone else to, to do it for you because, um, there's a sort of way, um, and it might seem, it might seem ancient or old, but there is a way that will, that will allow you to enjoy life more you know um i go back to and i was going to ask you this question of um of how's your ukulele business going dude <laughs> i made i made a few in quarantine and then then i kind of then then life had to get back to normal but yeah those things are not bad. you can actually play them too man Serenatus. No, I'm not that great, but yeah, it was a fun little project, just working with your hands. These, they're like the perfect kind of, it's not like heavy or like hard kind of, it's more like tinkering. Is that the ukulele? Yeah. Yeah, it was, uh, my my mom's from like San Clemente and there was like this um, San Clemente uh, surf club guy back in the day. I think he had like a cabinet business or something, but um, he was friends with all those guys and then like Rick Griffin did this cool little art that he would put on them and then uh, and there are these little triangle shaped uh, ukuleles and one of them there's a surfalele and a kukulele um, and one of them had this like really long head past the tuning keys and it was designed that you could just like stick it in the sand when you're hanging out at the beach and then you're you know like the strings and all that stuff like doesn't sit in the sand and uh, my my parents had like a couple of them around, like I can remember they're always around for, you know, I think it was probably like 
late sixties that they were made, I think. And, um, so I was like, I, I had to glue one back together and, and get some new strings. And then I was like, kind of just rocking it during quarantine. And I was like, looking at it, I'm like, I think I could build one of these things. It doesn't look that complicated. And then I just went to Home Depot and bought some stuff. And then, um, and I actually, I, I did, they play, um, you know, it's not like the best sound, but it was a really, it was some fun project. So, um, yeah, got the kookalele. No, I mean, uh, I thought I thought they were rad, dude. I thought they were really sick. You got a little not going into production though. Yeah, how many of those can you spit out a week? I want, we're thinking about scaling it. <laughs> but I, uh, Jared, so the question that I love, I love because it's it helps to it helps to tell you where the, you know how the soul is being anchored, but like where where is your mind going to like what what is the stuff that you dreaming about you know it's sort of waking you up in the morning and um you know it could be anything it could be another business it could be um something within the business it could be a new hat or a new just like what are you what's in your mind right now that inspires you and um and who are the people that are that you're frothing up on super hard as well that's a yeah that's a fun question for sure um on the salty crew side i'm actually super pumped because you know like kind of describing the the past years and getting to where we're at now like one of the big things that we cared about was like product like actual functional product you know and so in the beginning it, it was mainly like t-shirts and hats and things like that because that was what was easy to produce and quick turn and whatever and we wanted to evolve into a place where we had utilities fishing shorts for plier pockets and then different fabrics that with sun protection and a quick dry and things like that, you know, but really like function, you know, it was like, is a key element to like, um, just because you want something that you need, you know? And so the product team, um, God, those guys have done an insane job. There's a lot of really rad product coming. Um, and, and, and that we have currently right now where when we were able to, build up that product team and get these guys that really know what they're doing. Um, and then these guys took, you know, that direction and they're making just really awesome board shorts, which is like a must have, you gotta have a good pair of board shorts. And then, then there, then it's cool as you like kind of blur the lines of like surfing and fishing and boating and that whole lifestyle, like a lot of the same product can be applied in both areas. So that's where you get your sun protection and all these, all these um, things. So they've just really stepped the game up and the product that's coming out right now is just like stuff that I'm like, I can't, I'm so excited. Like I got that board short and I'm like, don't touch it. And then like got this jacket that like packs down. I'm like, boom, I hang that off my fishing thing, you know, and then like bags that function like the hip pack or like on foot patrol and like, so the elements of like of product and design, like the thing like that's you know I'm not involved in product design, and and when I when I see what these guys are are making, you know, like getting excited about that, so that's super rad. And then you know, obviously, what about, like, uh, when's that foul foul weather gear coming out? I need yeah, that's coming soon. Um, yeah, that's coming soon. I think July maybe oh, mid-july yeah there's um, been some nasty weather over here every time i've been out gone, gone out of the boat i've been like i know it would be really nice right now <laughs> i know we, when we had the samples that we gave them to all the team guys to just put through like the rugged wear test and i didn't get a get a pair but yeah they they passed the test we just got a really cool outerwear pant 
um, and jacket combo that's like at the right, you know, like a, another thing for us is just having that, um, you know, kind of blue collar price point and, and like, um, you know, something that um, functions and affordable and like they hit it out of the park. So we got a really awesome shell kind of jack, uh, jacket and pant combo coming. Um, but then even just like the fabrics on the shorts and stuff, like we have like perforated fabric in these walk shorts that you're like, you know, it's hot, the killer. And then we've got really cool pocket details and things like that. And then, um, and then I always love like our t-shirt and hat program. Like those guys do such a good job with just fun graphics, like tuna with like a shaka hand coming out of the mouth and just fun, fun things, like things that speak to like the lifestyle, you know? And so I just, yeah. Um, that stuff's super fun. So on the, on that side, like that's, um, that's kind of like where, where I go on the work side of things, what I'm really excited about. And then, um, obviously like Hayden and James have been absolutely, um, crushing it with, um, you know, the video storytelling, the, the movies they're making. And, you know, like I still watch like find refuge in the sea, sink or swim and thrill seekers and risk takers randomly. Um, and I get chicken skin every time, you know, the music's rad the um the narration like takes you to a different place you know and then and then just you know it's obviously always fun to watch like lucas you know steezing around on a fish and then matt flying in the air and then hobgood's packing big barrels and then little levi grom just absolutely like ripping the bag out of it and and um you know all the team um Dwayne pulling on big tunas and it's so i get i get fired up watching it for like the four thousandth time even through the editing process and stuff but uh so there's more of that coming um a lot more and and so that that's like super fun that's a cool thing for um uh just to be a part of and then uh to round that question off i guess on the personal side i'm like back in the owning an old boat uh phase <laughs> so it's like get the wire brushes out and start just tinkering on stuff because <laughs> it's an old boat is is like a 19 set built in 1970 finished in 73 and it all works but it's it needs some love so it'll be uh, you know but that's like that's the, the fun part you know so bringing the teak back to life and and just uh but yeah so that and then um and then obviously just uh my two older ones are five and six now and they're they've been fishing a lot and um starting to surf and and so just trying to make sure find time to um let their little wild hearts you know thrive on that stuff and um that's pretty pretty awesome thing as a dad to um see them like adapt and enjoy the things that i love so much but that was always the dream you know um so so yeah that's kind of that's it in a nutshell. And and then being able to share them with all the, with the rest of the crew around there. And they, they, I mean, gosh, they can learn so much by just, just the characters that come in and out of uh, the ocean there or the bay there. It's, um, yeah, totally. that will, that will set them on their way for sure. It's, it's, <laughs> it's such a, such a cool thing to, to see, man. And um, I do agree with the movies, man, because I've actually started to got back into watching them all again, sort of the trilogy there. And I was watching them from 
Um, I think I was getting the most out of it because you could see the, 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 like the chronological order or sort of the, 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 the time and the history of, of Salty Crew through those movies. Um, and uh, that's what it sort of brought me back to when I, when I watched them last time. And I was, uh, I, it, it made me appreciate, I, I do have amnesia a lot. It made me appreciate um, all the cool stuff that um, the people that I brought together and the, and the adventures that were taken because of Salty Creel. Um, and uh, San Cateen really like was sort of, um, oh, yeah. the Baja fish family really sort of has uh, got a big anchors that pretty pretty well yeah um, no totally and you guys went yeah. and then you guys went down there not that long ago too yeah we went down there in january um and we it was pretty cool like we actually went camping this like this time <clears throat> usually we roll in there and then stay in that little hotel like kind of near the bay and then we go fishing with kelly and his his sons super rad family like the instagram's baja fishing family and it's so rad to see their culture and it's like it's just such a different pace but kelly's passed the fishing side down to his kids and now they run the other boats so they've got some pongas and some um, parker boats and um do they kill it it's so fun they're they're like uh it's a cool scene i mean it's such a strange place but this time we hit them up and we're like hey we kind of want to instead of like staying in the little hotel or whatever, we, we were thinking we'd just go like full Baja camp trip. So we like mobbed down there, did some like off-roading to get to a zone. And then we, we like scored some sick waves. And then, um, and then it was rad, like where we camped, Kelly had his sons actually like bring the boats out. And then we just like jumped on like from off the beach. And, uh, and so like we went out one day and there was like a few yellows around, but it wasn't great, but it was cool. Like the bottom fishing was like full speed. So we got all these like sheep's head and vermilion and all like basically all the super tasty white flaky meats. And then got back and then like, we got like oysters from like the oyster farm. And then we got like um, Pismo clams. There was like guys like on the beach, like getting those things. And we're like, Oh, we, we need some of those. And we, we had like a Traeger with us and Dude, it was the funnest thing just like sitting around a campfire there wasn't a soul around us for miles and we were like fishing off surfboards like you know just like that's such a rad thing about Baja is it like you know um there's not many like you can go on trips and there's planes and there's all these things like we literally just jumped in the car and drove down this thing with like this place with like tents and Traeger and coolers and and uh and fishing rods and surfboards and then just post it up and and we're able to just kind of explore the land and like and then live off what we caught like we we ate like bacon wrapped lingcod and um you know and all that stuff that's just coming from that area and like i hadn't done one of those trips for like way too long we did them a lot when we were kids um and it was just like gosh that is so good for the soul and such a like unique experience so man yeah that was that was all time it was cool um um rad squad that went down there but we ticked all the boxes we um ate good food surfed good waves had rad fishing and a bunch of laughs it was a pretty killer trip that that it that is man i was uh another trip i didn't make but i was living through you guys because i was um 
also looking at the photos on that and that was sort of tying it all together. Um, let's segue that in. Speaking of, um, cause I don't know if people can even tell this already, but you have a way with, um, just, just the lineage and the nostalgia and just the generations of where things came from and, um, all this, this history and stuff. And I feel like a lot of that is passed down from your dad. So we've already mentioned Captain Ron, your dad, if you could sort of just bring us back in time when you were a kid and, um, stories with your dad and, and how he was able to, you know, pass those things on. And now, I mean, as, as you can see, you, you have so much history and everything, um, with where, where you're from and, and your dad and everything, man. Yeah, totally. I, I mean, that's, that's kind of the, that's been, that, that's such an awesome subject for me. We we're really fortunate to have a dad who, who invested a lot of time into, into us and, and, uh, you know, kind of that whole like family and work life balance and everyone kind of struggles with it. And, and it, I, I mean, this day and age, it just seems like it snowballs so dramatically, you know, with the expectations and emails and connected social media and all this stuff. And it's easy to, it's easy to get really busy and forget the little things. And I was always just so thankful. Um, my dad, he, he, my parents have a, a small, um, small single door family run business that they've had for 40 years. Um, it's called Fastlane and it, and it started as a, um, they were selling Prindle catamarans. So my dad's background was, he was just, you know, kind of your um, typical seventies surf Turkey guy. And he was working at infinity surfboards. And at the time infinity was um, the glass shop was building the Prindle catamarans, um, these really bitching sailboats and, um, so my dad was working the shops and he was doing the, like, um, he'd live, he'd live, um, in Huntington for the summer and then he'd move over to the North shore in the winter. And he'd say each time he'd sell everything he had, get over there and then get back in the summers, he'd work at the infinity shops. But my dad's just a really awesome, uh, sales guy. And when he gets fired up on something, um, you know, there's no stopping it. And he really enjoyed like surfing in the morning. And then when the wind would pick up and, and, uh, that Newport Huntington zone, the, the next option was uh, sailing cats. And so, you know, and, and that generation and kind of earlier with like, you know, Hobie Alter and Phil Edwards and Mickey Mignos and all those guys, like that's actually, um, that was a big part of their lifestyle. And they were building these catamarans and, and exploring the ocean. And there was a lot more than just surfing, you know, so my dad, that was kind of his generation and he did a ton of that. And then he ended up, you know, working at the shops and he was selling a lot of catamarans and then um, down the road, they offered him the San Diego dealership. So um, they moved down here 40 years ago and opened up. This is, this is Hobie, right? Hobie offered him. No, that was actually Prindle. So um, okay. for a while there, so Prindle catamarans um, and Hobie, they were competitors. So for the first part of their, the, um, the I guess maybe the first 15 years or something there was a little bit of a feud probably because um Prindle Prindle at the time just that hole and a Prindle 16 versus a Hobie 16 it was more buoyant it was a little faster it was a little easier um to rig I, I believe and then um so they my dad kind of was eating the Hobie lunch as far as the catamaran business goes and then over time <clears throat> um they became really good um you know the families became pretty tight and my dad became one of the largest Hobie dealers and 
Um, you know, it's funny because as, as things that kind of ebb and flow, then like catamaran sailing kind of just went, went away. And it, you know, in the seventies and eighties, it was like, it was on, you know, um, and then it just kind of faded out. And, um, and, uh, and then at that time, you know, just the sailing industry was kind of going through some tough stuff and it was, you know, kind of challenging times for my parents, I know. Um, and, uh, and it's, it's pretty rad. Uh, Hobie started making those pedal kayaks and in the early days they weren't designed for fishing or anything. They, there's a, a kayak you propel with your feet and they have like a, uh, almost like a penguin like flipper system below them. And so on all our Baja trips we do as a family, we started dragging those things along and we're like, dude, these things are insane for fishing. So through people we knew, everyone was kind of building this garage art style stuff on these kayaks to turn them into fishing kayaks, like bait tanks and putting fish finders on them and rod holders and all that stuff. And so kind of that whole snowball happens. And, and um, you know, now I, I'm, I'm pretty sure like uh, Hobie fishing kayaks, that's probably one the largest part of Hobie's business and my dad and them, they kind of grew together and, did all that stuff. And, um, you know, as a kid for me, it was pretty rad. Like the kayak was a, you know, I didn't have a boat and I was pretty young when we were doing this stuff. It's, you could be your own captain and, and be out on the water, um, and, uh, and catch fish for yourself without somebody helping you. And that, that was like, for me, that's where the fishing bug got really real. And I kind of lost my mind, uh, for a while on that, on that topic. But so that's kind of the lifespan. So that kind of all paints a picture that, um, you know, Dana Landing Marina is where I, you know, my dad's shop is and kind of where we grew up. And it's a, it's a pretty cool story. My, the first year they were in business, they were up the hill from here in a little tiny place. And my, my dad wouldn't borrow money from grandpa or anything like that. And he wanted to do it on his own. So he'd buy one catamaran, sell it, then buy two and then sell those ones. And he just kind of snowballed the thing. And while they were doing that in this little shop, he's living in the, he's living in, my mom and him are living in the back of the store in a Volkswagen van. And, uh, so, so they're, you know, they were doing things uh, the hard way for sure. And, um, but it's a pretty awesome story. And so that, that just kept snowballing in there and, uh, you know, and then it's just over 40 years, the ebbs and flows of business and stuff. But one thing I really appreciate them is that they just, they really love what they do. They love the product that they sell. And then you can see with the, the consumer, um, you know, they've been selling water sports fun to San Diego for 40 years. And I think that family dynamic and those, you know, just, how awesome they've they've always been in, in supporting that um, that area of business. It's just been it's been a, a pretty um, cool thing to see and learn from. And so I think um, you know a lot of that the sailing, the fishing, the being in the marina. That's kind of always been um, you know a passion for me. And then over time that kind of turns into into salty crew. And now we're kind of just doing the doing the same thing and. Um, and uh, just selling clothes instead of sailboats and kayaks. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, there there is a common denominator. Your dad, uh, and and I noticed this from my relationship with him and from you is like you guys just love people. You guys enjoy people, um, and that 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 equals great salesmen because you don't have to sell anything if you're just coming alongside people and. Um, but yeah, I mean, some of the older pictures that you would show me of your dad bringing you down to Mex and Baja and um, it's just, dude, it is just classic to see, um, to see that, to see his fingerprint um, on the stuff that you do. And, uh, and even a way there's, there's in a lot of ways, there's, there's stuff that 
that he's still got and there's stuff that you do better that I, that I always look at and um and uh but still the same dynamics exist it's just like oh dad did you go out and get on any fish you know no but I'm thinking about going out tomorrow and um and then what were you guys and then so now sorry to jump back into real time here and then what were you doing this morning oh <laughs> we uh so recently, like pipe dream for me was always to have like a, a bigger boat that um, could put the family on and just get lost at sea. And, uh, you know, I, it's kind of a pipe dream and I wanted to get something that's kind of like a, like super classic and that you kind of need to like bring back to life, but has a good story behind it. And um, so my, my wife, Ariel, um, she, she'd been shopping boats on different things and it's kind of a, a buyer's market for boats right now. And, and I'm like, but still at the same time, it's pretty hard to get a slip and, and just all these, there's a lot of variables. And so I told her one day, I'm like, let's just go down to, let's just go down to Dana landing, cruise around the Marina. And, um, you know, maybe like, I think the way to do it is like find an old boat, maybe just like make, make people an offer or whatever. And so we took the kids down to the dock and we're walking down the back. And as we're walking down that there's this cool boat that I'd seen before um that kind of it's super classic kind of a sport fishing boat definitely older and uh the guy's like climbing up the rail and he puts a for sale sign on it and i'm like what the heck and so i walk up to him and uh turns out he kind of knew a bunch of the same people and he he like raised his family on that boat and they did a bunch of really awesome adventures around here and uh and then through some other people kind of knew him and and so there's this it's a santa barbara yacht and it things like it was built in 70 and finished in 73 and we get to talking with him and his wife and he was he was um their kids grew up and they just you know they got other projects going on and he was like it's time to do something else and so they were so excited to like pass the boat in onto another family and they like he basically like just hooked us up like you, we couldn't believe because we weren't really in a position to to do it it was more of a pipe dream but he just um he really worked with us and so now we're just like we've got the we've the family's been living on the boat for like four days my kids will not leave like my wife's like we gotta go do some laundry and whatever and the kids are like no we don't want to go and they're jumping off the bow and swimming around and catching fit last night we uh last night uh one of the boats came in had a bunch of bait left over so we filled the bait tank up and we were fishing right off the stern and they're catching spotties like in the slip just right off the back of the boat it's pretty funny so but um i don't know it's just a, just a pipe dream for me like to have my kids get to have the same lifestyle that i grew up with you know and um so we we're this morning uh we were fixing the windlass <laughs> what, <get> that. <laughs> it's it sounds like to me that you're really um you're really staging a uh, sailing off into the sunset, literally. Jump on, fam. <laughs> this thing's got a one-way ticket. One-way ticket south. Hey, anyone know where Jared went? <laughs> he hasn't shown up to he work. Don't. He hasn't shown up to work in a couple weeks. I know one can get a hold of him. <laughs> <laughs> I think he sailed yeah. off into the sunset. That's the end goal there, baby. Surfboard, fishing rods, later. <laughs> uh, I was, I had a s sneaky suspicion about that. Um, uh. Speaking of fishing off the bow, what about, because I had spoken with Lucas 
um, earlier this week, and he said you guys had a – and I do want to point out that you've paid your dues, like meaning gone out plenty of times when you finally got the window and it was no dice. But um, maybe tell me how many times you've been out where you haven't caught anything and then uh, tell, us, tell us about – what was it, a couple weeks ago you went out with Dwayne? Yeah, last week – uh yeah we got to fish with last week we got to fish with Dwayne it was uh me him and Lucas and then James uh the lens man on the camera and like yeah we've had these big bluefin around and it's crazy because I I wait but did you know like were you like was Dwayne like dude I think they're there or well no actually it was kind of just like a last minute like oh let's go I think we were probably we were playing on surfing that day in the in the morning and then it was like let's go uh let's just go out and fish i heard you know it we it had blown like really gnarly the few days before so i don't think there was really anybody looking for those things because it was it got pretty rough um water rolled and it was kind of like weird but that was kind of the next like nice day that popped up so we snuck out there as um it's pretty rad so like these big bluefin that are around san diego right now like i never thought we'd see the 300 pound tunas in our zone you know like I can think back like 10 years ago and you're like catching well, maybe it was longer on the albacore but it's albacore and small yellowfin and if you like caught a handful of 30 pound yellowfin you're like whoa we scored you know like and uh and now there's these like jumbos and so I've had I've had some experiences with them like over the last five years it's funny actually the f- kind of when they first showed up I think it was like right when salty crew kind of just got started and uh i started hanging with greg and Dwayne and fishing with those guys because like they're the best so i was like i want to learn from these guys and i was giving them some t-shirts and hats and uh it was actually april fools like four or five years ago i can't remember um they go i get a call from Dwayne like early in the morning and uh he's like hey get down to get down to greg's boat clean it fuel it up we're running fish um and then we're going back out so and he and i'm like oh, okay sick what, what are we doing like i knew there was yellow like a bunch of yellows around the day before so i assumed it was that but they like i don't know how it all happened but they're out in like one of our local banks pretty close by and there was these bluefin that showed up and they're eating the surface iron and so they tell me they're like dude we were fishing we were fishing like the kelp, edge of the kelp and caught like 17 yellowtail or something. And then uh, we got tipped off, ran offshore and caught like 18 bluefin. Like, I think it was like 40 to 80 pounds and busted one off the, right at the boat that was like over 100 pounds. I'm like, what the heck? I'm like tripping. And so I'm like, well, I guess I'm not going to work today. Like, it's just, oh, I'll be down there. And so I'm freaking out. And then all of a sudden, I'm like, wait, it's April Fool's. These guys. So I called Dwayne back, and I'm like, dude, you guys are so lame. I can't believe you just did that to me. And then he's like, no, I'm not kidding. Get down the boat. And I'm just like, okay. Like, so I'm getting everything ready, and I'm like, I'm like wondering if this is the longest April Fool's joke. And so we're heading out, and they're just like giggling, like, oh, just wait, just wait. <laughs> and, and like, it was the craziest thing. We got to the zone, and I remember like, at the same time all three of us see these bird parties like and it's as far to the south and as far to the north as you can see these bird schools and tuna just foaming everywhere 
it was crazy. There was like no pressure on those things and they just showed up and, and like they had, they were on them the day before. And I think a couple of other boys were on it, but the things were eating the surface iron. Like you couldn't even get a crank in your bit, you know? And it was just, so that was kind of the start of it. And then what's crazy is things just keep getting bigger and bigger every year. Um, and they're kind of, they're hanging around and the, the food source has been nuts with the, just all the bait and the, like we've had, um, just mass amounts of anchovies and sardines and they're just gorging and getting fat. And now you got these like full butter balls. And like, I swear every year they like the bat, they grow like a hundred pounds or something. And so it was like, I remember a few years ago, um, rock hot Rick and Neil had like a, the first one over 200 and then, then, then it was like two fifties and then it was three hundos. And then, there's like some close to 400 pound fish being caught. And then like, I know some of the boys have been pulling on these jumbo ones and, and had some heartbreaks that were like on some really big fish. So it's just, yeah, it's crazy. I think this year, I, I wouldn't be surprised if this, this season, um, someone breaks the 400 mark, you know? So it's crazy. We're starting to get into like wicked tuna territory <laughs> um, on this coast, which I just. That's so out. crazy to think about because as you're telling the story, I remember year one when you, when I came, come out there and you were just baffled and you're like, oh my gosh, I got to get all new gear. I got to get rigged up. Like I couldn't even handle anything. I could only handle something this big and everyone had to just like, you know, and then, and then it started going to the kites and it's, you know, it's like this sort of like little mini evolution in the last five years. Cause as these things get bigger, um, you got to change things up a little bit. Yeah. One, one of the most memorable days I've had was like, probably like, I mean, it was an epic failure, but at the same time, like it was the most amazing thing I'd like been a part of, but, uh, I was, uh, I was with Reefy and Connor on, they had this really awesome whaler. It's like a, I think a 21 foot center console, but the day before we'd got some of those like, 50 to 80 pound or I don't know if it was the day before but maybe like a couple days before like 50 to 80 pound range fish on the surface iron and the long rods which is just like at that point like that was the raddest experience I had catching a tuna was like you know that 60 to 80 pound range on like 10 foot jig sticks um eating the surface iron which is my favorite thing in the world and uh so we go again and we get out in the morning um this time we're fishing poppers and surface iron and we see one spot of fish get up uh and then i think we had one come off and then we're trying to locate the fish and then you know it's still pretty early in the morning and then i remember we kind of were looking into like a little bit of like new zone that and uh and i was glassing and i look over and i see this thing it looks like a you just like a whole school of porpoise kind of going nuts but it's the splashing looks more like tuna and so I'm like, and I've never, I've ne I, at this point, I've never even seen like big tunas splash around other than like videos of Panama or whatever, you know? So, uh, so I'm like looking and I have my, like, I, I can remember it. I just like lost my marble, started jumping up and down. I'm like, Oh my gosh, it's all tuna. It's a big, Oh, ah! and, uh, and so, uh, Reefy and Connor are just like, no, that can't be, that's porpoise. And I'm like, no, go that way. Go, go, go. And then like, as we're getting closer, we're all seeing it. And like, all of us are just like jumping up and down, like, Oh my gosh. Oh my, oh my, oh my God. Oh my, we gotta get the gear ready. Holy cow. And, and like, these are like 200 pound fish. Just blow, like there's just anchovy getting sprayed everywhere. 
And so, and we've got like 50 pound on jig sticks and we like slide up to it. So undergunned. This is like riding like a five, nine at like third reef pipe. So, so we like slide up to these things and like all three of us fire jigs in it. Or actually we slid up, like we assumed like, you know, maybe this would be like, you know, normal approach to a foamer. You don't want to get too close and you know, whatever. So we kind of take it a little bit slow and we come up a little short of casting distance and don't get the jigs in the middle of them. And then like, as we're, as we're retrieving the jigs, like the, it literally just pushes the bait into the boat. And now like completely 360 degrees around us, it's just straight white water. Like it's the, I've never seen anything like it. And there's bait spraying into the boat and it's just like, <laughs> everything's going ham. And uh, so the next cast you like lob it in there and like make a couple cranks, you're instantly bit. And I've never, like, you just are so torched. Like we broke off, like all the, all the jigs are like, do we have anything heavier than 50 pounds scrambling through the thing and just couldn't stop them. And then we end up getting one to hang. And then Connor pulled on it for like, like two and a half, three hours or something. Then it ended up chafing them off and we, and we lost it. And we just like, it was crazy because we were like adrenaline and just so like we just it was like amazing to see it. and I, I was like tripping but at the same time we we're kind of like tails between our legs like oh man like sucks being under gun like you know and uh so it was pretty it was pretty funny though we got back to the dock and um our buddy Neil and Rick had like a 225 that they put on the boat that day and then we just then like our buzz on how cool the like nat geo scene was like just drops down a notch and we're like oh man we blew it we all our shot and then it was it was funny like i'd fished a bunch more but it took it took like i didn't get the opportunity for like another year um and then it was a trip with Dwayne and uh Casey Curtis our our um, Orange County sales rep and one of our like product designer guys and we ended up get, getting the big ones but it is funny like just the evolution of this stuff that's going on and it, it is like it's pretty rad and pretty special like big bites crazy you know and so it's it's like high octane fishing for sure it's it's pretty rad and I'm glad you mentioned that story because the that's the story I remember. Like the the story that that resonated with me that you told me was the epic fail. What because it was it was you had saw something for the first time, but you failed miserably, and you were as high as you could be, but you also but your tail was still between your legs, and <laughs> like that's what I remember oh, yeah. too. And it, that was that was the story you were, or picture you were painting. So that was. Um, that was that was awesome, dude. But Jared, any anything else you want to say or anything else that's going on? Um, the stories you're telling yourself, and, and any uh, uh, you can vent. We're here for you, bro. <laughs> oh man, no, I yeah, no, I mean, we're stoked. Just head down, keep keep cranking. Um, I mean. I guess like one thing that I, I'm always stoked on because I'd never really expected to be, you know, where we're at today. Um, just super thankful for the retailers out there and the support they've given us. Like from the early days when I was like, I think my first line showing that I did was Salty Crew stuff. We, we had like five t-shirt graphics and like five different hats with like patches sewn on them. And um, it was actually Mitch's surf shop in La Jolla 
had heard that my parents shop and then my wife's parents shop had this salty crew thing and they're like what the heck like why, how come it's not in here i'm like oh dude i don't know we, we just made some shirts and hats i i wouldn't even know how to invoice you or anything you know like in the <laughs> um matus at mitch's in la jolla was like no way dude bring it in here and he like made me bring it in on a rolling rack like where you you know like hang it usually like you like the one sitting behind me like there's a full rack of product on there and, and the sales rep shows it and so he made me do it like that i think we made like i he maybe got bought like 25 t-shirts and like 10 hats and i was like a fr i think it was a thursday i went in there and then i dropped the product off on a friday and then on monday he hit me up he's like hey dude um need a reorder and i'm like laughing like you're joking right and he's like no we sold literally everything except for one piece and i'm sure it'll be gone today and i was like what the heck like people want to buy it like you're crazy so brought him some more and then uh and then just in the san diego area it was like gosh south coast surf ride hansons you know like these are i was a san diego sales rep so i, I had a good relationship with those guys and they they helped us out a ton and then you know with casey curtis in orange county then i went there and then willie up that coast and then cj in florida and then all of a sudden yeah, was me running around, like, those times that you would come over in between contests and me and you would go on the road up and down florida and um that was that i would have to describe that as like wild wild west you had just the rookie flying off the handle saying foot and mouth disease, just going, just saying anything and everything. I remember at one, we were meeting with one of the accounts over there. I don't remember which one it was, but we were like showing them the product. At this point we had more than like the five T's and five hats with it. And, uh, and you're like, you were just really opinionated about this one shirt. Like you hated it. And so like we were going through the product and showing them and the, and I could see it in the buyer's eyes. They liked this shirt and you were like, oh no this one sucks like don't even look at it like put it over there and like when we left i'm like cj like that's called buying it back so you got these buyers do this for a living they know what they're looking at like let them pick what they know they can sell and you keep your opinion on the side <laughs> it was so funny but no i do remember that because i learned from that like i really did learn a lot from um you know, allowing people to do what they're good at, you know, and not just from a opinionated point, just because, um, you know, maybe I feel like I've reserved that right or not, but no, I learned so much, man. Um, and it, it, you, I got one for you. How, how's it that you have somebody on the world tour and then in Tahiti, like going over the falls on like a huge wave, I thought you died. Everyone watching the webcast thought you might not come back from this. And then you get right back out there, pull into another crazy one, and then fly home to Florida, load your car up with clothes, and then drive around to all the surf shops and fishing shops and sell them, sell them clothes. Like, I don't know. That's a pretty, that's a pretty uh, rad story right there. That, you, I mean, you guys, you, you, it introduced me into the grit that, um, that needed to happen to, to, uh, to continue to continue the dream, man. And uh, yeah, going over there at the early years and seeing everything you guys did, I'm sure had a lot to do with that. Uh, but look, man, it's, you can do crazy things when you believe, when you believe something you, you definitely do and get pretty far out of your comfort zone. Um, and uh, 
Well, I think we can both sit here today and and um, and thank a ton of people, retailers, all the awesome people that work at Salty Crew, product teams, sales teams, um, the customer service guys, the warehouse guys who are grinding right now. Things are, you know, challenging with what's going on out there. And then we've got, you know, I mean, just long list of awesome people that I, I would want to just thank and, and uh, stoked to be be doing everything with day to day. Yeah, man. And um, as we sign off here, if you guys, if as we start to get into this, this would be our third one. Now, if anyone has any questions or um, or someone, someone they want to interview or just whatever, like just write it out on the on a comment, whether it's on YouTube or uh, Spotify or uh, any of the um, or on Instagram or whatever, as these, as these things go, we'll, we'll, uh, we'll sort of open them up to, uh, as you guys see fit. Um, but yeah, I'm stoked to, I'm stoked on the stories coming up here. Um, there's a bunch of, there's a bunch of fun, uh, behind the scenes. And then there's like some catch ups with some pretty awesome people, like some artists and different things. So I, I've, I've been enjoying listening to the, the boys talk for sure um yeah dude well uh i gotta get back to work cj yeah dude i got i gotta go i got some kids down there probably wondering uh when when <laughs> where's the next fun fun spot <laughs> but um but hey jared we 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 love you we appreciate you everything that you do um all the sacrifices that you make and continue to make um but we, we all appreciate it. And um, yeah, man, enjoy your boat. Um, save a spot for everybody wants to ride on that thing. Um, and then uh, <laughs> let's go. <laughs> all right, CJ. Good all catching right. up, brother. All right, bro. Have a good one, on man. You. Thank you for listening to Salty Stories, the ship's log, presented by Salty Crew and hosted by the sage, CJ Hopkins. To see the trips that were mentioned, check out Thrill Seekers and Risk Takers the movie on YouTube or salty-crew.com. Keep an eye out for more Salty Stories episodes coming soon.